Hello and welcome to the Feminine Genius Podcast. This is a podcast that celebrates all women of God and their unique genius. I'm your host, Rachel Wong. Thank you for coming back and joining us on the Feminine Genius Podcast. As you can tell, I'm super excited. It is our very first real episode. Uh, And on today's show, I wanted to dive in a little deeper into this whole concept of the feminine genius and what exactly that means. Uh, First of all, I wanted to give a quick shout out to just everybody who has voiced their support And I'm really excited to just really get this off the ground and journey with you every single week. And yeah, a lot of people had also asked me about what the feminine genius is. So I thought we would start there. And before we even dive into interviews, before we talk about amazing holy women and saints, let's talk about what exactly we're working with. So, like I alluded to in the intro episode, or the little baby episode, as I like to call it, the name of this podcast, and essentially the whole concept, the whole idea, draws from the great Pope St. John Paul II and his 1995 Letter to Woman. If you haven't read it, I encourage you to read it, and I've left a link to it in the show notes, so you can definitely go check that out. The way I describe it, I just finished reading it a couple days ago. And to me, it's a beautiful love letter of sorts to women of the world. And John Paul II opens with a note of thanks to all women, regardless of their vocation. Like He goes in and he thanks women who are mothers, women who are single, consecrated women, women who are religious. Regardless of who they are, he thanks them for just being them, for just being women. Despite this word of thanks, we know that as women, sometimes saying thanks doesn't go far enough. In his letter, Pope St. John Paul II gets candid for a bit, and he isn't afraid to admit the shortcomings of the world when it comes to the treatment of women. He says, Women's dignity has often been unacknowledged and their prerogatives misrepresented. They have often been relegated to the margins of society and even reduced to servitude. So that's very powerful. It's very hard-hitting, and it was really powerful for me to read. And it's a great appeal here to return to a greater respect and dignity for womanhood. And even though this letter was written more than 20 years ago, the letter is just one year older than I am, I would have to say that this appeal is still relevant today. And I would go as far as to saying that there really is a crisis of womanhood in our society. And what I mean by that is it's not just about equal pay or the fact that there aren't as many women in government and leadership positions. I mean, of course, all of that is important. But I think there really is a crisis of identity when it comes to understanding our womanhood and understanding our femininity and using it in a way that is not hurtful to ourselves. For myself, a lot of my identity for a long time was based on my looks, or what I could or could not do, my ability to be in a relationship, like a stable or successful relationship, how many dates I could get, etc. And especially now in this society that we have with social media, it can be so toxic for young girls to be on social media and try and outperform their peers or to show their peers that they have it all together. But that really shouldn't be what being a woman is all about. 
And honestly, like I find it stressful now to be on social media. So I can't imagine growing up in the society now. It's not only stressful, but it really is a threat and a crisis for our womanhood. And of course, in true uh, JP2 style, he tells us to look to Jesus. The answer is always Jesus. I think we all know that. But Jesus is always the answer. Uh, Pope John Paul II says he transcended the established norms of his own culture, and Jesus treated women with openness, respect, acceptance, and tenderness. And when we look to him, when we find our identity in him, we can see that everything else, like all the likes on social media, how on point or on fleek our eyebrows are, it doesn't matter because our identity is in Jesus and it's in Jesus alone. He has such a high regard for women. And I want to highlight two examples of how Jesus demonstrated this. And of course, this is by no means an exhaustive list. There are countless examples of how Jesus shows his tender treatment of women and how much he greatly respects women. But the two that I want to talk about actually both come from the Gospel of John. The first is Jesus and his encounter with a Samaritan woman. So if you're looking for this, this is in John chapter 4. And a cool Bible trivia fact that I learned uh, while I was doing a parish mission was that this is actually the longest recorded conversation that Jesus ever had. And to my great surprise, it wasn't a conversation that Jesus had with his apostles, like not with Peter or John. Uh, It wasn't with any of the Pharisees or any high-ranking officials. It was actually with a woman. And that is really key here. That's super important to notice. And in the story, as you may know, there are many profound points about the story. Beginning with the fact that Jesus was at the well, right? He showed up at the well and he was thirsty. It was summer, it was hot, and he was thirsty. And there was a woman that showed up with her bucket. It's high noon and it's super hot. No person in their right mind would be going to draw water at high noon because it's so hot. Typically, people were drawing their water in early morning or at night just because it was way cooler. And Jesus turns to this woman and asks her, Woman, can you give me a drink? Now, there are so many things going on here. First of all, Jesus was having a conversation alone with a woman. And this in itself, like, you know, men talking to women that they weren't related to or they weren't married to, It was a big, like, taboo, cultural kind of thing that was going on here. Like, typically that didn't happen. Added on top of the fact that Jesus was a Jew and this woman was a Samaritan. And in the Bible, it notes that Jews and Samaritans did not associate with one another at this time. But also, why was this woman showing up at noon, uh, at the hottest point of the day? And it was because... She, like many people in her past, had done some not-so-great things. She'd made a couple mistakes, and she knew that if she went to the well with everybody else at either early morning or in the evening, she would be judged and ridiculed. People would point her out, and basically she didn't need that kind of negativity in her life. I think we can all agree that with that. But Jesus has this conversation with the woman, and even the woman gets suspicious. She's just like, why are you, a man, a Jewish man, talking to me, a Samaritan woman? And they begin to have a back and forth exchange, and all of this is recorded in uh, John chapter 4. And eventually, Jesus is able to really speak so much truth into the woman's life. He is God, and he knows all of the things that the Samaritan woman had done in her life. 
And he doesn't condemn her. He's not like, aha, I caught you, and now I'm going to tell everybody about what it is that you've done. Because they already know, and she knows, and he knows. But he doesn't condemn her. He doesn't call her out. And instead, he promises her the springs of living water. This water that he will give her, she'll never have to go back to the well and draw from it ever again. In that moment, her life was changed just because she encountered the living Lord. She encountered Jesus. And it is through that, it is through that relationship with him, she found her identity. She was no longer that woman that had to go with her bucket at noon at the hottest point of the day to draw water. She was no longer that woman who had committed sin in her life. Like she was a daughter of God. This also came about in the story of the woman who committed adultery. And again, this comes about later in the Gospel of John. In this story, the Pharisees bring to Jesus a woman who was caught uh, in the act of adultery. As it says there in the Law of Moses, any woman who was caught in the act of adultery must be stoned to death. And Jesus said these very iconic words. But first, even before that, I just wanted to say that Jesus is probably, like, he has so many of these, like, mic drop boss moves, um, just because Jesus is boss. He's God, and he's so cool. But he literally just starts writing in the sand, and he's like, I, I'm not listening to you guys. But the Pharisees keep jeering at him, and finally, Jesus says these iconic words, whoever among you is without sin should cast the first stone. That's a mic drop right there. He immediately goes back to writing in the sand and all the Pharisees are looking at themselves and they're just like, I've sinned, you've sinned, let's all go home. So one by one, they all leave because they knew that they've sinned. So therefore, it would be hypocritical of them to stone this woman because none of them were free of sin. Only Jesus was free of sin in that space there. As they all walked away, Jesus has an encounter with this woman. The woman stands there and is completely shocked, probably, that no one had condemned her. Not only was she alive, but all of the Pharisees had left one by one and did not condemn her. Jesus again straightens up and asks her, does no one condemn you? And he allows her to speak of her own vindication. She is allowed to own it because the only thing that she says in this encounter with Jesus is she says, no one. That's all she says. No one. No one condemned her. And then Jesus looks at her with eyes of love and says, well, then nor do I condemn you, so go and sin no more. And that is amazing. Jesus looks at us in the same way. And I know that sometimes it really doesn't feel like it. You know, we go to confession and we express the same regrets or we confess the same sins over and over again. It's that simple act of going back to the Father to allow him to absolve us of our sins. That's where our identity lies. And I hope that these two stories really shows that, if nothing else, Jesus loves us unconditionally, and he is our worth. Our worth isn't in the different things of the world, because all of those things will come to pass. When we die, we can't take with us... Our, our nice makeup, or our car, our house, our job, our husband. We can't take any of that with us. But what we can take is the love of Jesus. We can take the very sure fact, knowing that we are a daughter of God, and no one can take that away from us, not even ourselves. So these are w examples of Jesus showing mercy and love 
to women in particular. And of course, this woman is extended to all of us. So this means that in order for us to live out our full feminine genius, we must first come to Jesus and have a relationship with him. So what does that mean to live out our feminine genius, practically speaking? Well, I think at this point, I wanted to jump in and say that it's very particular and it's really based on what it is in your life that you feel called to do. So for example, I mentioned in the introduction episode that I had felt the call to start this podcast in Panama and I think we all kind of have a sense of what it is that we're good at. We all have a sense of whether you call it a gift or a charism or a talent, whatever it is that you thrive in, the environment that you find yourself in and you're just like, yes, I'm in my element. That's probably where you should start looking just because God has really grown in us these desires. He's planted all of these seeds throughout our lifetime. So I knew that for me, the more that I began to hone my writing and my interviewing, all of this slowly came together. And it's like building blocks. It's like Lego, right? You build one thing, and as you start to build a solid base, you begin to have the structure. And then that structure can become an even bigger structure. And that's what it's like when you start to pick up all these Easter eggs that God has laid for you in his plan for you. And as we continue to say yes to them, we can find ourselves even deeper in our own element. We can feel so at home with him. I think as this podcast goes on, we'll learn so much from the different women who live out their lives in their unique ways, as well as from the saints who've done great things in their own lives. Pope John Paul II says that we need to continue to raise our voices to make ourselves heard as women. And in an era where womanhood is threatened, we can't afford to be silent. Whatever your gift is, Jesus is calling you to put that into service. Wherever it is that you find yourself thriving, go there and explore and really truthfully start digging. Because I promise you that once you find yourself in that element, you will be so attracted to it that you will not be able to let go. And it is there that you will thrive and you will grow. And that's where God can use you the most. Each of us have different tools and talents. And we need to work together as a community to build up God's kingdom. Uh, John Paul II stresses further that necessary emphasis needs to be placed on the genius of woman. He says that women, perhaps even more than men, acknowledge the human person because women see persons with their hearts. And that's not to say that men aren't empathetic or they don't feel, but I think we can all agree that as women, we are really, um, we're very much heart thinkers. We're very emotional and we really thrive on that connection and relationship. And that's a very unique thing that women have. And we each do that in our unique ways. We connect to people in unique ways, whether it's through creating beautiful things or speaking up for the voiceless or feeding the hungry, teaching others, and so many more. Each of us have a unique part to play in the salvation of the world. So we are the feminine genius. So you might feel that it is impossible to live up to that expectation. Or maybe that you aren't as holy as the saints or Mother Mary or even other women in your church or community or youth group. But I assure you 
that because we're meant to be in a relationship with Jesus, we don't need to do this alone. So I just want to close and pray for a deeper conversion of our hearts to Jesus, a greater sense of docility and abandonment to his plan, and to allow us to be led by the Spirit to use our gifts for his glory. I just pray that as you continue on the journey, wherever you might be, that you continue to grow deeper in your love for him and really entrust yourself to him. Like lay all of your gifts at his feet and say, Lord, how do you want me to be your instrument? God sees you. God sees the incredible things that you're doing. He sees the ways that you're using your talents. And I assure you that his generosity can never be outdone. So when you entrust everything about yourself to him, he will reward you. And he needs your feminine genius so that his name can be proclaimed to other people. We need to work together. He is calling you to build up his kingdom here on earth. And my hope is that throughout this podcast, as we dive through conversations and histories of amazing women, you too will be inspired to take that first step or maybe that next step out into faith and do the same. If you want to read Pope St. John Paul II's Letter to Women, I've linked to it in the show notes below. And again, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Feminine Genius Podcast. As of this recording, our podcast is officially live on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and of course, SoundCloud. So whichever platform you prefer, I would love it. If you went on there, you gave it a follow, you rated us, on those podcasts and you shared it with all your friends and you shared it on your social media and whoever it is that's looking for a new podcast if you let them know about it that would be super cool and of course if you want to stay up to date with the show you can follow us on social media we're at fem genius pod on twitter and instagram and the feminine genius podcast on facebook join us next week for a brand new episode of the feminine genius podcast and i'll talk to you then god bless